This week on The Bioneers. What we're seeing now is a whole new yearning for a new step to be taken that goes beyond the women's movement and beyond the men's movement, where men and women come together to build a new civilization of gender harmony and gender balance. Patriarchy, thousands of years old, but only a few days deep, with Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen of Gender Equity and Reconciliation International on Bioneers Radio. Support for the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is provided in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms and by the generous support of listeners like you. Few could have imagined that on New Year's Eve 2017 in Times Square, it would be the feminist activist Tarana Burke who would count down the clock to ring in the new year. Ten years earlier, Burke had founded the Me Too movement, which had languished in relative obscurity. Suddenly, the whole world was paying attention. Indeed, a head-spinning whirlwind of unforeseen events had led up to this momentous global turning point in gender relations. The world had expected Hillary Clinton to finally smash the political glass ceiling in 2016 to become president of the United States. Instead, the self-avowed sexual predator Donald Trump leveled all comers. His trail of behaviors contemptuous of women so repulsed the nation that his sparse inauguration crowd was dwarfed by the Women's March, marking the single biggest demonstration in American history. Meanwhile, in rapid succession, a rogues gallery of powerful men combusted with the exposure of their sexual assaults and harassment of women, from media stars and Hollywood power brokers to judges and congressmen. In 2017, the dam of gender relations burst. Women all over the world began rising up to claim their rights and their birthright to a life free from inequity, sexual predation, and violence. Yet at the same time in the U.S., policies and laws directly affecting women have continued to backslide. As feminist author Susan Faludi put it, the patriarchs are falling, the patriarchy is stronger than ever. Is this really an epic turning point, the proverbial watershed moment? Will this cultural revolution lead to real social and political equity? And what will it take to begin to heal the deep wounds between women and men? What's the role of men in this transformation? In this half hour, we hear from Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen, whose breakthrough work has been laying the groundwork for a gender equity and reconciliation revolution for over 25 years. They say that only by bringing these wounds into the light can we heal them. They say this change will liberate men as well as women because patriarchy is also destroying men's souls. This is patriarchy, thousands of years old, but only a few days deep. I'm Neil Harvey, I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. D.H. Lawrence said the future of humanity will be decided not by relations between nations, but relations between women and men. Nowadays, of course, we expand this beyond the binary to include relations between the full spectrum of gender identities. 
Will Keepen founded the nonprofit Gender Reconciliation Project Institute in 1992. He began his career as a mathematical physicist before turning his scientific training to climate science in the 1980s. Having studied feminist history in college, he was shocked by the overt sexism he found even among some of his progressive environmental activist colleagues. He decided to experiment with organizing workshops to address this gender wound and the systemic parallels between the exploitation of the earth and the exploitation of the feminine. From these humble beginnings, the project grew over time to become Gender Equity and Reconciliation International. Will Keepen spoke with us at a Bioneers conference. We live in a patriarchal society where there is this structural injustice in which men are afforded certain advantages, certainly higher pay and more political voice. In this work, what men discover that is so inspiring is that the greatest male privilege is not any of the social advantages that are afforded to men in a patriarchal society. The greatest privilege is to actually participate in the deconstruction of the patriarchy itself, of that system of injustice. And that's a very profound privilege for men because there's a certain role that only men can play, that men being in the position of the dominant force within sexism have the capacity to deconstruct their participation and to lead other men into that deconstruction. We don't have any human society on earth that we can point to that is free of this inequality between men and women. So it's one of the deepest structural imbalances in the human family everywhere. And so to begin to actually set these things right and for men to join with women to begin to build this equality back in is very profound. Martin Luther King Jr. emphasized that injustice and corruption will never be transformed by keeping them hidden, but only by bringing them into the light and confronting them with the power of love. This is the core, this is the core principle and purpose and method of our work called Gender Equity and Reconciliation. Cynthia Bricks began working with Will Keepen at Gender Reconciliation International in 2001. For her, too, the path to the work was both personal and professional. It began when she was a young woman, just starting a new job in a large company in the wellness management sector. I took the job very excited because I was going to be working with a man who I had studied about in school a world-renowned person in wellness management. I was middle management, and within five months after taking the job, he sexually propositioned me. It was a business dinner, just the two of us, and he said, Cynthia, I've enjoyed getting to know you, and now it's time to take our relationship to a deeper, more intimate sexual level. I said no. He didn't hear my no. He continued to pressure me that night and also through the week when I returned back to work. I tried to address this in the most compassionate, loving way I could and recognizing him as a human being and wanting to keep a relationship good and keep my job, but it just wasn't working. So I decided to bring it forward in the company and he apologized and said he'd do anything possible in his ability to correct the situation. But the company hired six attorneys 
and brought me down, basically. They wanted me to sign a memorandum saying I'd never speak about this again and offered me $5,000 to do so. I decided that wasn't what this was about. It wasn't about retaliation. It wasn't about retribution. It was really about speaking truth about what was happening and being in relationship with one another to be able to speak that truth and come forward in a way of reconciliation and deeper understanding. I left that job very distraught and very wounded in a lot of ways. And I didn't trust men at that point. I didn't know how to be a woman. I didn't know how to walk in the world after that. But I also didn't trust women. The women had betrayed me in the corporation. They had to to keep their job. I realized that if I was going to live in this world and feel safe in the world, I had to do a lot of my own inner work to find out how to heal myself through the process. I did that work, and through that, I came into the gender reconciliation work in that pathway. And it really has transformed me in that healing process. And now it feels like a real gift, because I could have taken this to federal court and been on a path of retaliation, and I've got to prove him wrong. And, and that felt like it would grow as a cancer in my body almost rather than doing that deeper healing work and transforming that anger and that distraught and that woundedness into a place of compassion and understanding and love and being able to offer what happened in a new way out to others as they heal themselves. Cynthia Brix's personal journey led her to meet Will Keepen. They found many commonalities, including long-term meditation practices and deep interests in spirituality and racial justice. They decided to join forces to work together, and six years later, they married. Over the years, they've developed a set of practices that create the conditions for transformation of gender relations for both women and men. At the heart of the work is a potent mix of vulnerable truth-telling and deep listening, which takes place during interactive workshops or forums. We create safe forums for women and men to have intimate and often taboo conversations around gender and sexuality. In these safe forums, participants are invited to bring their personal stories of pain and suffering into the open and speak truth about their experience, not as victims, but as witnesses to their story and to their life. This is not to wallow in our pain and suffering, but rather to bring it into the light so that it may be healed and transformed and move into a place of wholeness, health, and spiritual fulfillment. The process is intimate and emotional, unearthing agonizing wounds that participants have often never before dared to say out loud, especially the stories of men. We do a gender river of life, we call it, and we ask the participants to think about poignant times in their life, formative moments in their life that brought them where they are today, what shaped and molded them. And we have them draw the river of life. And one of the men came up to me while the drawing process was happening, and he, he said, Cynthia, I feel so dead inside feel so dead. I don't know what to put on the paper. I don't know what to, how even to describe it. It's just this emptiness, this dead void. And I worked with him. I said, just be with that feeling. Just maybe even put those images on the paper if you can. 
and then you're going to move into a process of being given the invitation to speak about some of your feelings if you like and and so I encourage you to do that well he worked with the process then he came for the truth forum where the men were in the center and the women were in silent witness around and he said that the night before when he had spoken about feeling so dead to me he said that night when he went home he started having some shift in him and it was a new new but somewhat familiar feeling something was different within him and he said I haven't cried since I was 12 years old he's probably about 23 years old at that moment the tears just started flowing and as he just let those tears flow all of us were just right there with him right there with him allowing those tears to break free and free him of whatever deadness he was feeling inside and by the end of the workshop when we move into the celebration and the honoring time each person in the workshop states a commitment of how they're going to move forward from that workshop in relation to gender and reconciliation. And he just became alive. And he's a gay man, so a lot of his story was about being oppressed in his gay identity, in his sexual orientation, and his identity, gender identity. And so each man would come forward and speak their commitment. And like one man would say, I commit to listening to women more deeply with empathy, and this is my commitment. And this man who was feeling so liberated and alive again would come out and say, listening, listening, we will listen to you. And then all the men would say, we commit. <laughs> and then another man would say, I want to deepen my trust with the women in this community and with the men here too. And then this man would come forward and say, trust, trust, we are deepening our trust. And all the men would say, we commit. And the women just got into it. So it was just quite beautiful. And then in the closing circle, this man said that he had come in with such a dead feeling, but by being witnessed and heard by everyone and being able to really work with that, he was alive again. He felt alive. While we tend to hear more about women's stories of abuse and injustice, what usually remains unsaid is that patriarchy is also destroying men. When we return, more from Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen, and why they changed the framing of their work from gender reconciliation to gender equity and reconciliation. This is patriarchy, thousands of years old, but only a few days deep. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. If you love Bioneers Radio, it's free and easy to support us. Just take a moment to post a review on our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find our show online. You'll be helping other people find and enjoy these incredible thinkers and storytellers. And thank you for helping us out. When Will Keepen founded Gender Reconciliation International in 1992, forget being on the radar screen. The work was initially marginalized or simply ignored. 
Then in the early 2000s, after Cynthia Bricks joined the team, one of their biggest and earliest successes occurred in a place that had an especially deep resonance for both of them, South Africa. The nation had overthrown apartheid, yet people knew that to move forward as a society, they had to heal the horrific social wounds. The nation's Racial Truth and Reconciliation Commission in the mid-90s had riveted the world's attention with its radical truth-telling and deep listening. Keepin and Bricks recognized these core principles in their own work. They were first invited to South Africa in 2003 by the Quaker Peace Center, and again in 2006 by the Deputy Minister of Health. The health official wanted them to bring gender reconciliation to this country where a rape was happening every 27 seconds. It was also the height of the AIDS crisis in South Africa, and the deputy health minister knew that Keepin and Bricks had been working extensively in the U.S. with gay and lesbian activists, desperately battling the sexual discrimination that was literally killing their communities. Will Keepin recalled the remarkable result of that first workshop at a Bioneers conference. Some of you may recall several years back when the president of South Africa, Thabo Mbeki, was denying the reality of the AIDS crisis. At that time, about 900 people were dying every day from AIDS, but the president and his health minister actually banned antiretroviral drugs from the country. And Becky's stance caused an international outrage. Nelson Mandela was struggling mightily to convince the president and his health minister to allow ARVs into the country. Desmond Tutu also joined in the struggle, but Mbeki would not budge. Meanwhile, the Deputy Minister of Health at that time, Nozizwe Madlala Routledge, shown here, had invited us to lead a gender reconciliation workshop for members of parliament. She was convinced that Mbeki was dead wrong on this issue, but Mbeki had gagged her for more than two years and her hands were tied. Then during one of the exercises in our workshop, Nozizwe had a visionary experience in which the mother of President Mbeki came to her in a kind of visitation and said, now you and I need to have a woman-to-woman -woman talk. She said, I love my son, but you and I both know he's wrong on this issue, and don't you be taken in by his manipulation, his antics, and his stubbornness. <laughs> this experience gave Nozizwe the final courage and impetus she needed, and three weeks after the workshop ended, on World AIDS Day in 2006, Nozizwe defied the president, reversed South Africans' AIDS policy, and committed billions of rand to bringing ARVs into South Africa. For this, she was hailed as a national and international hero, and her policies remain in effect today. It was this and similar experiences that led Keepin and Bricks to rename their work as Gender Equity and Reconciliation because they understood that personal transformation must be accompanied by institutional change for social equity. Gender reconciliation continued to gain traction in South Africa, as Will Keepin recalls. The gender reconciliation work that we do did attract the attention of the Tutu family. And in 2012, we did a workshop in which Desmond Tutu's daughter, Reverend Mpo Tutu, came to the workshop. And after that, we began a collaboration. And that eventually led to a partnership with the Desmond and Leah Tutu Legacy Foundation, which was launched in 2013. And it 
was initially to introduce gender reconciliation into universities, beginning with a Stellenbosch University. And since that time, we have continued to introduce gender reconciliation into several universities in South Africa. And we've also launched some research projects. And so this process is continuing to implement gender reconciliation in universities. And Desmond Tutu himself has endorsed the methodology and was enthusiastic about the way in which we're applying the same principles of truth and reconciliation that he applied in the racial healing arena and now applying it in the gender healing arena. Over the past 25 years, Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen have introduced their gender equity and reconciliation work in nine countries, and they've been invited to 12 others. They have ongoing work in the U.S., United Kingdom, Australia, Colombia, India, Kenya, and South Africa. More than 2,000 people have been through their program, and they've trained nearly 100 certified facilitators, a train-the-trainer model with scale in mind. They offer their programs in schools, universities, prisons, religious institutions, NGOs, and for public officials, from Marin County to the townships of Soweto. Yet to be effective, the work remains intensely personal, transforming consciousness and lives from the inside out, as described by these workshop participants. We don't, like, wait and say to ourselves that, you know, maybe I should just think about my action, the way I act towards a woman, the way I act towards a man, in that place where we should just wait and be mindful of every action that we take and every word that we utter to sex. So it was insightful. You begin to think about your own thinking. It was not just like you engaging your mind only, but you had to tap into the deeper matters of your heart and tap into another level to actually understand all the processes that were done. And I love the fact that it also uh, broke down the stigma, the distance between men and women, where you see that we are actually suffering from the same things. So that kind of breaks the thing that uh, you are the other and I am me, but we are, we are we actually. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that that was awesome. Know the woman, the richness and the big heart you have, contributing the unconditional love you have for everybody. Carl Jung speaks of what he calls the sacred marriage between the masculine and feminine. And this is actually a universal archetype that exists in all of the different spiritual dimensions of the world, and particularly in the esoteric aspects of those traditions. And this refers to a profound communion or union of masculine and feminine energies that takes place at every level. It takes place within the individual, each individual is a combination of masculine and feminine energies. So these energies can come into balance within the individual person. We are very fortunate in our work because we actually glimpse this energy of sacred marriage coming forward in the work that we do. Because what happens is we go into this wound between men and women together, into the darkness, into the shadow material, into the taboos that are normally never discussed in any form in our society. 
But when we do that, and we move through the tears and the sadness and the sorrow of really the mess that we're living in, in terms of gender relations, and what we're seeing now is a whole new yearning for a new step to be taken that goes beyond the women's movement and beyond the men's movement, where men and women come together to build a new civilization of gender harmony and gender balance. As we go deeper into this cultural revolution for gender equity, Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen believe that coming together will keep us from coming apart. Again, Cynthia Bricks. We urgently need safe forms for men and women together to tell the untold stories. Why? Because untold stories keeps oppression invisible. This is a major tool of patriarchy to prevent these stories from ever being told. Yet for 24 years, we have been hearing these stories in our work. But this depth of truth and conversation is taboo in every major institution of society. Patriarchy cannot withstand the power of truth. Therefore, it prohibits deep truth-telling everywhere. Women cannot hear the deep truth of men's pain and remain the same women. We are increasingly awakening to the intersectionality of gender, race, class, culture, religion. We cannot talk about any one of these without being aware of the others. In the gender conversation, every voice must be honored. So what have we learned in doing this work for 24 years? Patriarchy is thousands of years old, but only a few days deep. In our workshops of three to five days, we consistently witness profound healing and transformation of women and men. Together, we glimpse the experience or vision of the post-patriarchal society of gender harmony. Second, patriarchy cannot withstand the twin powers of truth and love. The shortest distance between a human being and the truth is a story. Powerful stories reflect profound truths and awaken compassion across the gender division in the human family. These forms are needed everywhere. Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen of Gender Equity and Reconciliation International, Restoring the Souls of Women and Men. Patriarchy, thousands of years old, but only a few days deep. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer and station relations, Stephanie Welch. Host and consulting producer, Neil Harvey. Producer, Teo Grossman. Program engineer and music supervisor, Emily Harris. Our theme music is co-written by the Baca Forest People of Cameroon and Baca Beyond from the album East to West. All royalties from Baca compositions and performances go to the Baca Forest People through the charity Global Music Exchange. Find out more at globalmusicexchange.org. Additional music was made available by Christopher Willits at christopherwillits.com and by Music From Memory Records at musicfrommemory.com. 
The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. This is program number 0817. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley's pasture-raised organic dairy products, bringing the good from our family farmers to your table at organicvalley.coop and by the generous support of listeners like you.